0: Hi, welcome back to Knowing God with Heart and Mind, that weekly, well, regular visit to the virtual church classroom at Shiloh United Methodist Church in Jasper, Indiana. I'm Pastor Dan, I'm joined by my daughter Bethany, and we are presently discussing the book by C.S. Lewis called Mere Christianity. We are in Book 4, Chapter 2, we're studying about the three-personal God in this episode which is being recorded on Friday the 13th of September on a full moon full harvest moon night. Good thing we're not suspicious eh Bethany? Mm Mm-hmm. So we're going to get right on to it here and this episode is a discussion of the nature of God as the triune being and one of the things we established in our last episode was that uh Oh, and this is episode 25, by the way, (laughs) last episode being episode 24, where we were establishing the fact that if God begot the Son, then God begets something of God's self, meaning that Jesus is, Christ is the Son, but also is God. And there's a difference between begetting something and creating something. Mm -hmm. So we established that in the last episode.
1: We're like the facsimile.
0: Yeah. So Lewis wants to explain another point about God by looking at the belief that the mysterious something, which is the that is behind all of the other things, must be more than a person, a being that is beyond personality. There are two prevailing. Person uh, prevents. Uh, there are two prevailing points of view, and one is that God is impersonal, impersonal, mm-hmm. or that God is superpersonal. Mm-hmm. So, what's the difference between the views of which bearing is ultimately the one that God really has on the human soul? So, is it impersonal or superpersonal, according to our friend Jack?
1: Well, I mean, he says that the superpersonal, which means more than a person mm-hmm. it's like there's not a question of christian ideas versus other ideas because the christian idea is the only one that that even comes close to connecting the super personal idea right um because the impersonal idea i think you know that's there, there's nothing at all Christian about that idea right right because there's that's separate something less than whereas superpersonal is something more yeah and we know I mean, God is more
0: I mean ultimately the thing that's being absorbed into the mere physical loses its individuality
1: yeah I mean he talks about people saying that like that when humans die, their souls will be absorbed by God. Sorry, <laughs> well, I wasn't trying to be dramatic. <laughs> I
0: haven't even started preaching yet.
1: <laughs> Listen, you said we're not suspicious, but uh, it was a full moon day at work. Yeah, yeah,
0: really. So, <laughs> well, you and I discussed it, and not that this is relevant in any way to the topic, but. Uh, Life experience has taught me, and it seems that you've absorbed the same or observed the same, <laughs> that there is something to this whole full moon thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that the Friday the 13th really matters that much, but definitely when the moon is full, something there are di- there are changes
1: about the Earth's magnetism or but something. That would I don't explain know.
0: why we have a certain condition that has been classically referred to as lunacy. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so anyway, super personal so, then.
1: Well, so he talks about, like, people saying that they, they'll be absorbed by God, but he points out that by saying that they mean that they're going to cease to exist because if you think about something, the the process of absorption, mm-hmm. you're pulled into another material and you no longer, like, that that item never, doesn't exist anymore. Like, if a drop of water goes into a bowl of water... <coughs> It's still a molecule, I guess, but, like, yeah. it's now part of a grouping of molecules and there's no difference. Um, but the Christian idea is separate from that because it says that the human souls, like, humans can be taken into God but still remain themselves. Yeah, I mean... Still unique souls.
0: You know, uh, C.S. Lewis, Jack, he he even goes so far as to say that it makes you more distinct yeah which i think is really cool that that our identity is even more precisely identified when we become who we are in god you know that that we're more clearly defined when we are in alignment with god
1: Mm -hmm.
0: which is pretty cool so the whole purpose of our existence is to be taken into the life of God. So the wrong ideas about life will make it harder. So how does Lewis's whole 3D discussion apply to our understanding of a 3D God?
1: Okay, go with me for a second because when I was reading this, I was just rereading this to make sure I was ready for to the podcast and <clears throat> There's a scene in the you've only I think you've only seen Inside Out like one time so I don't know or if uh, if at all. It's the one It's a Inside Out is a Pixar movie about a little girl and her the emotions. One about
0: the feelings yes. and the mo Yeah, yeah, so but I remember it well.
1: There's a pretty great scene in it where um the the imaginary friend tells them they're going to take a shortcut through the land of abstract thought <laughs> and I was picturing that scene while i was reading this because they go the opposite direction of what lewis talks about <laughs> because when they run through they s- they like the the farther they get into the land of abstract thought the more that they go from three dimensional to two dimensional <laughs> and like and so they barely make it out because they're like abstract yeah. and they're like they're little like random dots of color and like it's really funny yeah and yeah and he talks about how we understand three dimensions right be you know the first dimension we can draw a line and it's just a line in space um and that if you use more than one line then you can create a shape like a square and that becomes two-dimensional because you've created a shape But then if you think about three dimensions, you can create something solid that's not just a shape. It's a solid object like a cube. And the point he makes with all of that is that they don't take away from each other. They build on each other. Right. So you can't have three dimension without no understanding the first one.
0: Right. Um, Right.
1: Because... And, and, like, those things are still also the thing they started as. So, like, a cube is still six squares, which is still, you know, like, 24 lines. I, I don't know if I did that math right. I think I did. Um, so it's the same thing it wa- that it was, but it also has built on itself and become something greater. Right, right. And so he uses that to talk about humans and divine. Right. Um, like, like that the human level is kind of flat, like one dimensional, um, and that like together we maybe can create two dimensions. But once we get to the divine level, there's personality, there's humans, but they're combined in a unique way because they're combined with God in God's dimension.
0: Right. Right. Um
1: and and the tricky thing is that then like this is where the cube thing comes in in God's dimension he's three persons but one being just like a cube is 6 squares but also a cube
0: right yeah so so pretty good way to look at it yeah and and like another way you could put it and one of the ways that really spoke to me is 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 we're n- our reality seems very real to us but it isn't the reality yeah
1: cause i mean
0: not,
1: we can't exist on that there's level a movie yet.
0: from there's a, tri- a trilogy from the th- 90s called the matrix mm-hmm. that really addresses that whole concept <laughs> that, that what you think is reality may not be the reality at all and that's kind of what, what this is driving at, is, is that we, we only have the ability to absorb and, and process what we can conceive of. Therefore, we assume this is all the reality there is. Mm-hmm. But there's a greater reality. It goes beyond us. And at this point, we can only see, you know, what? I want to quote scripture. <laughs> and I'm not drawing the exact scripture. Which is unfortunate for a pastor, but you know Paul says right Some now of us we, are
1: not gifted with being able to memorize scripture. It's I'm true. not great at that either.
0: i I remember things I remember concepts mm-hmm. from all over the Bible, mm-hmm. but but Paul says, you know right now we see with limitation and in time we will be able to see in completeness, you mm-hmm. know, and that's kind of the idea and it's it's a little bit like um, uh, was it Aristotle or Uh, I don't think it was Aristotle. I think it was actually Plato that that basically had the whole concept that what we're looking at is like a reflection of reality. Mm. Yeah. So this is not an unusual concept. Mm -hmm. And as usual, our friend Jack has taken it logically and reasonably to a place that is hard to refute. Because he's just basically saying that God's reality is bigger than ours and when we absorb ourselves or when our ourselves are absorbed into God's reality we are in fact more complete
1: well and I really like the way he describes the cube still being squares being like the Trinity right because a child could totally understand that if you show a child a cube and say what's what what shapes make this They can tell you squares. Right. And you, like, that's the same thing. Like, okay, God is the, like, the Trinity, this being is the cube, but it's also those three things. Like. Right. And I think that's a really, really awesome concept that kids could pick up on. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you have to be more childlike
0: to see this. I would just, you know, exactly what Jesus Mm -hmm. said. So then the next question is how can mere prayer draw us into the life of those three persons of the trinity which is Jack's answer is in paragraphs 8 through 10 well
1: I would also like to point out before that that he's I I really liked what he said after he talked about the cubes and the dimensions and stuff because he said that that and you kind of talked about it I guess like I just he said that um humans can't conceive of the being that is God because we don't exist in that dimension like you said Mm -hmm. Um, but I thought it was cool because he said we do kind of like we can get kind of a faint notion of it Um, and by getting more of a faint notion of it like that helps us to get to that level that he talked about where we become more of ourselves. Right, right. Which I think is a cool, you know.
0: Well, that that dovetails into the next exercise, okay. which is basically the question of of how does Jack use other ologies, which is science. Mm-hmm. So he says theology, which is theos is a word that represents God, and ology is the science of. And so theology is understanding God, essentially. Yeah. And so if we were talking about geology, we would call it understanding rocks. Yes. And so he uses the example of if you were studying geology, how much of the subject...
1: Well, did we answer the other question, though? W-
0: well, how does prayer... I think it dovetails into this one because, because what he's saying is, is that, that if you were studying rocks, if you were trying to understand rocks, the rocks don't have much to do with it. There are right. zero participants, and so all of the understanding is one-sided, but mm-hmm. when we talk about theology, it's not one-sided, mm-hmm. so prayer is our way of interacting with the thing we're trying to understand. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Yeah. And and so... But he
1: also says that it's kind of, like, it's kind of funny, because he makes it sound kind of trippy, and it's great, because he says, like, God's the thing you're praying to. Right. The goal you're trying to reach but he's also the one pushing you on to pray
0: yeah which is which is what john wesley would call prevenient grace and and i'm not trying to mix you know we could do a whole podcast on john wesley but the point is john wesley basically says the way the really wild thing about god is, is that god's actually pursuing you even when you're not pursuing god
1: so he says like and and lewis says god is the goal the motivation like the mo- the motive the motivating power right and the road that you're being pushed along to get to said goal so it's kind of true right
0: yeah and and like i said that's the that whole wesleyan <laughs> prevenient grace is is like even when you're not after god god's after you and then when you start to pursue god he's like yeah that's that's what this whole thing's about it
1: says the the man is being pulled into god by god while still remaining himself
0: yeah so he says of geology the rocks have zero interest in whether or not you try to understand them Mm -hmm. he says in zoology that the animals have about five percent interest in you understanding yeah he
1: says they can walk away and make it harder on you yeah
0: you know, but I think if our cats are any example, they are 5% interested because if there's something in it for them, they're interested. <laughs> and it usually is about food.
1: Well, if there's something in it for them, they're a lot more interested than 5%. You know,
0: now now he says sociology, mm-hmm. you know, about 50% of the people that you study or 50% of the return in interest is 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 seen? You know. Yeah, it's
1: equally divided because the the person on the other end has to be willing to let you yeah. do it.
0: Yeah, there has to be an equal investment. But in theology, the understanding of God, God is a hundred percent committed to you understanding God.
1: But but he but he says that the initiative is all on God's end. Right. We can't really successfully initiate is would it? like
0: would we even bother to think about God if God hadn't thought about us first yeah and God had not initiated yeah. to us. yeah no I, I get it somebody asked me once a long time ago and, and I this is a lame answer but it's always been my favorite answer they they always said why did God pick Abraham the question is why did God pick Abraham and you know because that's kind of the beginning point of God's relationship with the nation that evolves into all of us, you know? and
1: Abraham tuned into the right frequency? I always
0: say it's because Abraham answered the phone, you know? Um, I mean, I always think of it... Jack
1: says that he shows much more of himself to some people than others, because not because he has favorites, but because it's impossible for him to show himself to a man whose whole mind and character are in the wrong condition. Exactly. So... Abraham was tuned into the right frequency exactly
0: I I always think of a you know like if you were when I was a a kid these radio DJs would get a hold of a phone number for one of the hundreds of, of pay telephones that were at Grand Central Station in New York City right and they would just call and just see if anybody answered and I've often thought of it like that. You know, God starts calling a phone in Grand Central Station, and Abraham answers. Mm-hmm. Because most people are going, not my problem. i got enough to do. I don't want to mess with that. It's not for me. But Abraham says, hmm, this might be worth checking mm-hmm. out. I'll go ahead and answer. And that's all it took for but someone to connect with God.
1: But we're, we are dependent on God initiating and thinking as he does
0: exactly it does depend on God making the first step yeah and that is really the heart of Wesley's concept of prevenient grace mm-hmm. well that's pretty cool so so to uh, to who does to whom would be a better way to put it to whom does and to whom does not God show himself to, so to whom does God show God's self And to whom does God not show God's self?
1: He says only to real men. And what he means by that is not men who are individually good, but to men who are united together in a body. Hmm. Loving one another, helping one another, showing them to one another. Boy, this sounds like your sermon series yeah weird
0: <laughs> which is a series for men but i would say that in this context <laughs> yes as, as wesley i mean well wesley would use the same term but this is back when people used the word men to describe humankind mankind humankind was described in those days mm-hmm. as man
1: and but so
0: it's not limited to the male species i'm saying that for the benefit of our listeners
1: but he says that he says it's that way, like that because God meant humanity to be one body, yeah, working together, and that means that the only and because he talked about like how some sciences use instruments that are external to the body, but our instrument for theology is ourself, yeah, and he said that that means the only really good instrument for learning about God is the entire body as in the Christian community. Mm -hmm. Um, So that means, again, he's saying, like, you have to be in community.
0: Yeah, which is something that has definitely been part of my emphasis in the series of messages to men, because men are often staying at home when their wife and their children are Mm -hmm. going to church. And it's like, men, you know, like it or not, you have to be a part of this community of believers. And no, they're not perfect. And yes, they are hypocrites. Mm -hmm. And no... They are not, you know, holier than thou. Mm -hmm. I mean, but the reality is, is that that we need to be a part of the family of God and realize that being a part of the family of God is the pursuit of God, Mm -hmm. which means that we're all trying to find God and to be in a personal relationship with God and that it's not a place that we arrived at and then went to church. It's Mm -hmm. a place that we went to church to help us find our way. Yeah. Two, and and churches are flawed and not all churches are great you know i used to say this all the time on this podcast and i haven't said it in many 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 episodes but you know i always say if you're not a part of a church be a part of one mm-hmm. and the reason i say that is because y- you have to have the association of other believers who are trying to pursue the same things it's not enough To just stand in the woods by yourself and say well I can experience God here you need to experience God in the embodiment that is present in other believers and you need to be urged on by other believers and you have a certain responsibility to urge other believers on and so is as much as God is a community in that God is three persons in one we are meant to be part of a community called the body of Christ, mm-hmm. the church universal with a capital C, the Catholic church with a small C.
1: And he says, he says, that's the reason that these guys or ladies who show up every couple of years and are like, here's a simplified, easy version of Christianity. That's why they don't last because, well, I love it. Cause you know, he's always got his stinger. He says that, if we were making it up, we would have made it a lot easier. (laughs) And that, that's so Jack that, yeah, we can't compete with simplified religions because we're dealing with fact and anything's real simple. If you leave out the facts. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I think, I think so too. He's, he's always got his stinger at the end of the chapter. (laughs) He's just sharp. And,
0: And I, you know, for us Americans there's just something about that British humor that's hilarious. I I've been listening to the journals of John Wesley in an audiobook form and and he says all kinds of funny things in his journals. And they're not jokes, but then he makes, you know, he'll make some comment about how his chaise or his small carriage was being uh, uh how did he put it? He said he said his chaise was led into town by a parade of of convicts who were blaspheming cursing and swearing and making his presence known in a wonderful triumphant way and then he proceeds to preach the gospel of jesus christ and half of them repent of their sins and you know and it's just he's funny he's funny but it's very That's subtle funny humor because
1: it's hard for me to visualize that a little yeah you
0: know that that he's people traveled in groups even then because it was just safer and so having his his uh, carriage proceed along with a group of uh, jailers who are escorting prisoners is a safer way to travel than by yourself and you know ironically he's heralded into the community (laughs) by a bunch of blaspheming swearing and cussing
1: uh, well that i can picture i was just saying like I don't know that I've ever thought of him as being a person of a whole lot of humor.
0: Oh yeah, no. I the more I'm le- reading these journals has been fascinating because he is actually a really light-hearted and genuine human being. He's somebody whose life is entirely in the hands of God and he doesn't worry. That's and cool. he sees things as opportunities and he he jokes about how, you know, today he talked in the rain and yet still there was a serious crowd that listened attentively because, you know... And, and he's just so, it, I'm, I'm thinking that he's a much more enjoyable person. Like, like today, as I was listening to his journal entries, he's about 79 years old, and he was invited to something where a lot of the gentry were present. And he said, I really don't fit in with this crowd at all. I'm just more comfortable with ordinary people speaking in ordinary ways. And I thought, wow, you know, because our impression of him is that he was sort of upper crust but uh, he was he was a gentleman in his own sort of upbringing but the fact is john wesley was much more comfortable with crude rude people who met him in the fields Mm -hmm. and that's pretty remarkable because the gospel did that to Mm -hmm. him all right well i think we pretty well covered this episode pretty well Mm -hmm. and uh uh the next episode will probably be fairly brief because it's really not a long topic but it will set us up for what comes next yeah so uh folks i want to thank you for listening and uh is there anything else you want to add bethany
1: i can't think of anything
0: we want to thank you for listening then and we ask god's many blessings upon you if you want to know more about us and shiloh church why Just visit shilohum.org. That's S H I L O H dot. uh, (laughs) Bethany, say it.
1: Um. S H I S H I L O H -U U U M dot org, O-R-G. shiloh hum
0: shiloh hum yeah shiloh shiloh <laughs> shiloh um.org is the place to start it's the easiest way to get started mm-hmm. visit mm-hmm. us on facebook at knowing god with heart and mind we love you we are honored that you would listen to this and find it valuable to your life please let us know if it is a blessing and offer your comments and uh, considerations Lord bless you, and we'll see you next time.
1: Bye. Bye.